Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you. Before I launch today, let me make one thing perfectly clear. Are you listening? Sound teaching is important. I seek to test everything I say to you by the word of God. False doctrine is deadly. Okay, got that? Please don't forget as you listen to this talk what I just said. Thank you. Some of the most significant characters in the Bible are not even named. For example, I can't think of anyone in history who gave a bolder witness than the blind man that Jesus healed in John chapter 9. His name is not given. And yet, he stood before those learned religious leaders who were accusing Jesus of being a sinner and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. That always thrills me. I'd like to know the man's name. I'll find out someday when I meet him. The nameless individual I'd like to talk about today is a woman whose story is also found in the Gospel of John. John was funny about giving some people's names. Have you ever noticed that while the mother of Jesus figures in John's story, he never gives her name, Mary? She's always just the mother of Jesus. I guess he figured everybody already knew her name. This woman's story is in chapter 4 of John. We just call her the woman at the well. While every Christian who knows the Bible will know immediately who we're talking about here. In Jesus' day, to say a woman at a well didn't tell you much. There were many, many women who visited wells every day then. It was considered woman's work to draw water. But this woman at this well has become a significant figure in the story of Jesus Christ. Now, I mentioned her two weeks ago in my talk about the revival that started in early February at Asbury University in Kentucky. I'm not going to rehash that talk, but today I'm going to point out something else we learn from the woman at the well that is very important, I think. You remember, of course, the character of this person. She had had five husbands and was living with a man that she wasn't married to. When Jesus offered her living water, she jumped at the chance She was tired of coming to the well every day. So Jesus, and of course, as always, he knew exactly what he was doing and saying. He said to this woman, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And that's when Jesus told her he knew all about her marital history. I've always been struck by the fact that when this subject came up, she immediately began to talk theology with Jesus It almost seems she didn't want to talk about all her husbands. There are a lot of people like her around today. They'll talk religion with you, but what they really want to do is to avoid the real issue of their personal spiritual need. I don't know about you, but I don't enjoy having my sinful history bandied about by people. I'd rather talk about the need or the end of the world and how that will pan out. Just keep the focus off of me. But speaking of theology, this promiscuous woman from the wrong side of the religious tracks received from the Son of God one of the most profound theological revelations ever given. He said to her, but the hour is coming 
and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. He didn't say that to the learned religious scholars in Jerusalem, but to a mixed-up woman from Samaria. I love that. What happens next is what I really want you to get now. She forgets all about her water jar, runs back to town, and says this to the people. Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ Notice what she didn't say. She didn't say, come and hear about this doctrine concerning where we are to worship. Maybe it's Jerusalem. After all, naturally, we want to be correct in our theology. No, she said, come see a man. What changed this woman's life and the lives of many in her town was the fact that she encountered not a body of religious doctrine, but a person, a person like no other she had ever met. You don't have to have perfectly correct doctrine to be saved. You have to meet a man, the man Christ Jesus, the God-man. Witnessing before the hard-hearted religious leaders in Jerusalem, Peter said, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He said there is salvation in no one else. Salvation is not in a set of propositions Salvation is in a person. Salvation is in Jesus. Lost people today need first and foremost to be introduced to this person, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is risen from the dead and is alive today. You can meet him. If you already know him, then you can then you need to bring lost people to meet him. Christ is the answer. He'll change your life. Judging by some of the responses I have seen to the movie, The Jesus Revolution, we should maybe discredit the ministry of Jesus Christ because of this sinful woman who brought her whole town to meet him. If you have a sinner in your movement, your movement must be rejected entirely. At least that's what some Christian leaders seem to be saying about the Jesus movement of the early 70s. Jesus, you can't let this woman testify about you. She is a sinner. Just in case you didn't know, Almighty God reserves the right to use people who don't measure up to your requirements. He can use people who aren't wearing a suit and tie. He can use women who have a checkered past. Someone once said that evangelism is a hungry man telling other hungry people where the bread is. The bread is Jesus. Another thing that characterizes the Gospel of John is the 
I am statements of Jesus. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. One time he simply said, before Abraham was, I am. Salvation is in this person. It is in a man, the man Christ Jesus, as Paul wrote to Timothy. You know, I've been to many personal evangelism classes. I've been taught many precepts, many things to say to people when witnessing. Now, I'm not knocking these things. They, they gave me good teaching, but the essence of evangelism is not teaching people precepts, but introducing them to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. As Peter said, there is salvation in no body else. Now, I'm a pastor. My job is to teach sound doctrine. It's important. The people of God need to be firmly grounded in the truth. But I'm afraid there are many people who can expound Christian teachings who don't seem to have a vital relationship with Jesus. Their teaching seems to just consist of a list of ideas that you must accept to be in their group. Paul, who knew a thing or two about sound teaching, said, for the sake of Jesus, I have lost everything that was once precious to me, but I have given it all up that I may know him. Knowing Jesus intimately was more valuable to this man than all the advantages of worldly success and position. He gave up his life not for a set of precepts, but for a person. Do you know this person, my friend? Do you know Jesus Christ? You may think that you can't bring people to Jesus. You don't know the Bible well enough. But do you know what the most powerful witness you can give is? Nothing is more powerful than your personal testimony. Tell people what Jesus means to you. Before people will care about Christian doctrine, they want to know if this thing will work in their real day-to-day lives. Tell them how it's worked in your life. Tell them about this man you've met named Jesus. Father God, I'm so grateful that one day I met Jesus Christ that he has been with me all of my life, all these years. He's never failed me. And that each day I have the, the opportunity to know him better, to know him more deeply and more intimately. I love you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I love people, Lord God, and I want them to know you as well. So Lord Jesus, I pray if somebody is listening to my voice who doesn't know you, they will come to you and they'll call out to the name of Jesus Christ and be saved, Lord God. And those Christians that are listening to me, help them to tell people about Jesus and bring people to Christ. We pray that in your precious name. Amen. You know, that's exactly what we're trying to do, uh, myself and and some friends of mine, some Christian friends of mine, uh, who are founding a congregation in uh, the Capital District of New York, specifically right now in the Schenectady area. It's called Bread of Life. Remember, Jesus is the Bread of Life. Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is located at 1809 Union Street. If you don't have a church home, if you live in this area, we would love to meet you Sunday at 10 o'clock, 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And as always, 
You can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.